The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We have a very special guest co-host for today, one of my favorite people in the world and one of the people I admire most. She does so much for so many, so much for the environment, so much for animals, and so much for people. I'd like to welcome to the show, Jane Velez Mitchell. Jane, welcome. Hi. Great to be with you. In fact, when I'm with you, I feel like it's summertime. Oh, I like that. Um, guys, she has a show, Jane Unchained. It's janeunchained.com. Go check it out. It's a multi-platform social media news channel. She does uh, videos on animals rights, on veganism. She's done a whole bunch. I'm going to put up links because I want you to go check her out. She's a great news source um, and one of the people I watch. So I'm going to say that. And then uh, I do want to chat with you about what you're doing and what's going on. But I have to address, uh, I had like a Twitter deluge. Of, of questions, because last week I brought up one of my clients getting their Oscar stuck in their butt. Um, guys, <laughs> I can't, I, like, I can't tell and you who that is. not metaphorically, I guess. No, it was, he literally put it in his butt, and I told him I was going to talk about it on the show, and he's like, that's fine, but you can't tell them who. I'm like, of course not. My whole job's to cover it up, not to, <laughs> not to get well, it out there. Well, you have many clients who've won Oscars, otherwise everybody will figure it out. <laughs> I was like, next time, just put it on the mantle. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, we've we've had some interesting, interesting, uh, interesting conversations with with clients over the years, but that one actually made me laugh. Most of the time, I'm like, well, how did you get caught speeding? Why were you drinking? Like, why is TMZ there? What do you mean you got caught with a hooker? The Oscar just made me laugh. Like that one didn't hurt anyone but him. <laughs> so I, I didn't mind that. Now, I'm going to ask, uh, you've got a whole bunch going on. I can read off your bio, but I'd rather you kind of tell everyone who you are just because you're, you're brilliant and amazing to talk. Oh, well, stuff. thank you. I'll take it. Uh, well, I'm a, a, I was a mainstream journalist for uh, quite a few decades, and uh, then I decided to uh, embark on my passion full-time. So, uh, for example, when I was working at CNN Headline News, I was uh, had a host. Uh, I had my own show. I would do an animal segment once a week because it was a crime show. But the secret yeah. is that I'm not really interested in crime. I'm not a crime buff. I don't. I don't really care about crime. But what I did care about was doing my animal segment once a week. And uh, when that show wrapped after a nice run, six years, I. Um, Actually, one of the executives, I said, give me some advice. I'm at that point in life where I probably, this is the last, <laughs> this is the last step on this railroad. And uh, she said, well, obviously you're passionate about animals. Why don't you do that? Why don't you focus on that? So I thought, wow. So I started going to protests, animal rights protests in New York. Mm-hmm. And people were going to extraordinary lengths, but nobody was documenting it. And because it was so darn cold, people were just walking by. And I thought, bingo, I'm going to start documenting these protests. Well, they were exploding all over the world, and so I realized I can't do it alone. 
Today, we have 70 volunteer contributors, citizen journalists, who go live on their cell phones on Facebook at protests, demonstrations, vigils, marches, veg fest conferences all over the world. And um, we're a, a social media news network telling the stories that are ignored by mainstream media because mainstream media doesn't cover animal rights. You know, 250,000 no. chickens were burned alive in a fire recently in Florida. And the reporters all said nobody's hurt because no humans were hurt. While a quarter of a million animals, because we're speciesists, because we're prejudiced against animals. The entire basis of all injustice is that some suffering doesn't count. And that's true when you talk about people. Oh, you know, their suffering doesn't count. Well, we see revolutions, thank God, where we start really acknowledging that we are all one and we are all entitled to the same basic rights and we need to expand our circle of compassion beyond the human species to all sentient beings. And that's what we do. Yeah, and and the last thing is uh, we did a documentary on uh, climate change. It's won several awards and that led to a TV show that we have on Amazon Prime Video and public television stations around the country. And that show is called New Day, New Chef. We have huge stars on it. We've got, um, for example, the cook on Downton Abbey, Leslie Nichols. She's a vegan. Elaine uh, Hendricks, uh, who plays uh, Alexis Carrington on Dynasty. She's a vegan. She's on it. We had Billie Eilish's mom, um, Maggie Baird. We did a whole series on her work as a vegan. And Billie Eilish even did a cameo. And uh, so... That is a great show. It's called New Day, New Chef. If you think vegan cooking is boring, watch this show and you'll realize it is absolutely delicious and fantastic and much more versatile mm-hmm. than eating half a dozen dead animals. Now, I will say I, I like Billie Eilish. I think she is fantastic, and I love her influence on young girls very, very much. I'm uh, Where my focus is usually women's rights and uh, animal rights and children's rights, Billie Eilish is one of the few entertainers, the few young girls, um, that I think is a phenomenal influence on on the next generation. She's a genius. She has, uh, I was listening to this, watching this documentary, Fran Lebowitz, who is so fabulous. Oh, she's uh, wonderful. She's a writer. Yeah, and she Mm -hmm. said, you know, people are so resentful of just talent because... There's no accounting for it. You can't buy it. You can't inherit it. And it's like no. sprinkled like sand across the world. And that girl has it. I mean, she is authentic. She knows who she is. She's an original. And I just love how she, like, her song, Bad Guys, Tough Guys. What's that song, Tough Guys, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I mean, she just nails it. She nails, like, hey, guys, you think you're so tough. Well, I'm the tough guy, you know? And uh, I just... I find her to be, she's unique. And, you know, there's no such thing as she very is. unique. Either you're unique or you're not. She's, she's unique. She is. And she's, I think she will make a big difference uh, in media because there are so many doing exactly the same thing for so many decades and copying everyone that came before that real talent and real difference is often ignored. And I like, that she isn't sexualizing herself I like her message and I love just one the raw talent when you go back to like Ocean Eyes and the song she's written she's incredibly talented well her brother too you know Phineas Phineas works with her and he also makes a cameo on New Day New Chef really yeah see we have the whole family involved because they're a vegan family 
Billy, Linnaeus, and Maggie. Mm -hmm. They're all vegan and they're animal activists. Good. It's nice to see people in that position making that choice. A lot of the time, you know, you have, um, I'm going to kind of slam Gwyneth Paltrow here, but a lot of the time you have people like Gwyneth Paltrow who are like, look, I'm selling a vagina scented candle, which by the way, exploded and like injured a woman in the UK, but she sells a candle scented like her vagina when she could actually do something that helps people. Oh, I, I don't know. Vagina, <laughs> well, it, I hope it's a vegan vagina, then it would smell good. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I have not smelled the candle. I, I got to be honest. Tired of the I same was... old lobster thermidor? Go vegan, baby. <laughs> oh, that's a good way of doing it. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken as a true lesbian. <laughs> that was fantastic. I'm sorry. I need to say <laughs> Lex is in the background oh. dying. She's like, <laughs> oh. um, yeah. So, well, I, the other thing, if you're going vegan, you don't have the issue. Like hot pockets just got recalled for having uh, glass and plastic in them. So you know, eat an apple. That won't happen. And you know, I have to say this. I, I'm not. I'm not. Um coming at it from the perspective of, oh, I've got it right and you've got it wrong. I was kind of a junk food vegan. I mean, you could eat Oreo cookies all day and call yourself a vegan. But um, during this pandemic, uh, I have decided to try to use it as an opportunity for growth and personal evolution because I want mm-hmm. other people to use it as an opportunity. I mean, we wouldn't, if we were a plant-based world, we wouldn't be here right now. You know, it, it's a zoonotic illness yeah. that jumped from animals to humans, and it was first spotted amongst those who visited a retail slaughter market in China. So um, when I say to people, hey, you know, the answer to this in future pandemics is to go plant-based, I don't want to come from like, oh, I'm way up here. Let's face it, I'm a recovering alcoholic, you know, a former lush, let's put it that way. And uh, <laughs> I don't need to be like looking down my nose on anybody because I've got a lot of improving to do. So... When the pandemic started, I talked to one of my heroes, who's the uh, star of the documentary we did, Countdown to Year Zero, and he said, he's a systems analyst, a genius, and he said, this is Mother Nature holding an intervention on the human, na- on the human race and telling the human race, go to your rooms, you've been bad. Think about how you treat other beings and come out more evolved or you're finished, or you're finished as a species. And so I thought about that, and I thought, well, how can I come out more evolved? So I have gone healthy plant-based. I used to go to all these restaurants and eat whatever, you know, proving to everybody you can have vegan pastrami, you can have vegan, uh, you know, pastries. But since the pandemic started, I've been eating fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains almost exclusively, and I've lost like 21 pounds. I feel lighter and fitter, and I like it. It actually gives vegetables a chance Damn it, put some, just some, a little spray of oil and some garlic and some salt, and they're delicious. I feel so guilty. I've put on like 25 pounds since the pandemic started. Before the show, I ate like four ginger cookies. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I feel really bad. Um, what they well, did say, uh, we're going to yeah. go to break in a sec, but what they did say um, that, that really surprised me was a lot of people on vegan platforms and uh, yoga platforms were pulled into that QAnon craziness. That's actually where they were fishing. 
you right, know, hold on, sometimes hold on, hold on. They, they say politics makes strange bedfellows. If you go far left enough and far right enough, you'll meet around the bend yep. on the dark side of the moon. You know, because, yeah, I know a few people who are like, we don't need to wear masks. And I'm like, you know, it's just so one of the, the other great opportunities I had, I just happened to be watching uh, uh, great courses on Amazon. And uh, I came across a course called The Black Death about the plague in the 14th century. It was the best mm-hmm. thing I watched. It's just a lecture series. But it explained how uh, the Black Death in the 14th century killed a third to a half of Europe. And very similar to what's happening now. At first, it came yeah. rapidly to the port cities like Marseille because it was yeah. going via a boat. Uh, everybody, the rich, fled to the country, but the plague caught up with them because it was also traveling on foot. It just took a little longer. So we're seeing the same kind of parallels. Also, different people... Oh, my dog is, uh, is giving me a, a little bark, wants he's, to get off the couch. But dif- different people had different reactions. You know, the flagellants who whipped themselves, they came out yeah. in droves and started going from town to town, whipping themselves, uh, thinking that would chase off the plague. Other, other towns, people would dance in the streets until they fell um, down and just died of exhaustion. So the point is that, yes, a lot of people are reacting irrationally to this plague, but that's really part of human nature. In the 14th century, they did the same thing. They that's did true. crazy things. I- it's true. I think we need to deprogram the QAnoners, though. We need to look at it like a cult. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be talking more to Jane Velez Mitchell, one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, listen up. We'll be right back. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are 
listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day guys, welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. I do want to give a quick shout out. Our giveaways today are from Off-Road Rentals in Palm Springs, California. You can go out into the desert, ride by yourself, stay away from people. It's a great thing to do. Uh, Peter Matthews is giving away a book, uh, one of his books today. He is the author of Dollar Democracy on Steroids with Liberty and Justice for Some, How to Reclaim the Middle Class Dream for All. He is our guest today. We also have a giveaway from True Rest Float Spas in Sedona or Las Vegas. You can use that float at any True Rest. We're only giving away social distancing stuff. And I'm going to let Jane pick the uh, questions. I'm going to have her pick three questions from her show, Jane Unchained. I'm going to have you go to her site, look it up, and we're going to do our giveaways from there. I do want to thank Scott Haskin for the awesome intro music, Castlewood Cottages. You want to social distance, you want to hide from people, great place to go. Uh, Aspen Mills Bakery, uh, Trainer Joe's Fitness, and Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon. Thank you for everything you guys do for everyone right now during this pandemic. Um, Jane, can you come up with a couple of questions from either your documentary or from your show? I want people to go watch this, and we're going to do our giveaways based on that today. All right. How about when do we have to go vegan as a culture in order to uh, avoid climate apocalypse? Okay. That's one question. I need two more. Okay. Um, What is the um, versatility in plant-based cooking. What's a, great, what's a great example of the versatility in plant-based cooking? And the third one is, um, who are five famous vegans? Perfect. Write those in on Twitter. I know you all know where to find me because it's where you keep sending questions. And we'll uh, get one of those three giveaways. I'll let you choose which one you want. Thank you very, very much. Now, um, we're talking about climate change and we're talking about all of that. One of the things going on right now, obviously, we have a new president in. We have the first female VP, which is a huge deal to me. Um, I I, I love when women get into positions of power. I think it makes the world better, but I'm a bit of a feminazi. What I find interesting is one of the first things he did was end the pipeline, the, the Keystone Pipeline. Um, and, and he's bringing back some of the protections that we'd, we'd had for the environment and for animals. Uh, how, how far do you think it needs to go at this point, or how much further does he need to go bringing back these protections to make a difference? I mean, we had rampant wildfires last year. Uh, is that addressed to me? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, well, that's all very well and good, but uh, Jane O'Chain just published an article uh, talking about how essentially all the powers that be, the United Nations and those involved in the uh, Paris Climate Change Accords, have all pretty much gotten the story wrong. They're overemphasizing fossil fuels and they're underemphasizing methane. And they've done that because okay. they've made... Excuse me, my dear. My dog is very upset about this issue. Um, they've done that because <laughs> they have made mis- miscalculations uh, regarding the impact of methane by calculating its impact over 100 years when methane degrades after um, just short of a decade into a, a less 
harmful substance. So um, basically it would be like if you ate a cake in one day and calculated the impact it would have on your body over 100 years. Of course you're going to dilute the impact. So why Mm -hmm. did they do that? Well, um, there's a good argument to be made that the United Nations Food and Agriculture Organization is very much controlled by the meat and dairy industry. So they're providing the raw data. So um, they're skewing the raw data because if you really analyze the raw data clearly, it would show that animal agriculture is the leading cause of climate change. Now, that's not widely accepted. That's a new white paper, and the author of the white paper, Dr. Silas Rao, is willing to debate anyone anytime uh, from the scientific community or the environmental community. But what if he's right? If he's right, then this uh, obsessive focus on fossil fuels without considering other issues like animal agriculture really means that we are chasing after the wrong culprit in climate change, and ultimately we, um, by by looking at the wrong problem, are really not headed toward a solution while climate change continues to accelerate. So um, what we really need to do is rethink our obsession with fossil fuels, which primarily is about coal and gas, and start thinking about animal agriculture because animal agriculture is the leading cause of deforestation in the world, and trees absorb carbon. So when you... Destroy forests to create grazing land for cattle. Essentially, what you're doing is destroying the ability of the planet to absorb carbon. And that's why carbon being a heat-trapping gas, that's why the temperatures continue to grow. So they they need to look at that. And, you know, there are senators like Senator Cory Booker who are telling, telling the powers that be, hey, don't just focus on fossil fuels. Look at other, other problems. I can see that. One thing I find uh, I, I find really interesting with that is you have countries like Burma that are a, a, uh, a negative polluter. Essentially, they they get rid of more pollution, get rid of more carbon than they uh, than than they create. But those countries that are like that are actually predominantly vegetarian countries and vegan countries culturally. So it's yeah. it's interesting to see that correlation there as well. And I didn't think about that until you said it. But I, I, yeah, that makes, that really does, that really does make sense. Um, and you look at different areas. I mean, even, even to a small degree, you have something like uh, Pablo Escobar brought a bunch of hippopotamus to Cuba oh, and it's now destroying the that. ecosystem. <laughs> yeah, it's now destroying the ecosystem. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Colbert's take on it was it's time for Florida to send the meth gators to fix the problems because <laughs> they've got, because they've got cocaine, uh, um, hippopotamus, but even if you look at that small ecosystem, when you have something, uh, even a few hippopotamus, how it can so drastically change something by bringing in those animals. Imagine although ten thousand. I will say, ultimately, humans are the invasive species. Oh, of course. You know, people yes. love to oh attack. Oh, well, let's get rid of these feral pigs. We're going to kill all the feral pigs. If you look at the majority of destruction in the world and waste and pollution and trash, it's people, people, people. Uh, and so I, I love how they like to demonize a particular species at a particular location. I mean, they're rounding up all the wild horses, uh, claiming there's too many of them uh, in the United States, when in fact there's millions less than there used to be because they've been eradicated, yeah. like the bison have been eradicated. And what is going up in their place? Cattle ranching. 
So what we've done is we've destroyed a huge percentage of the wildlife in this world in terms of the biomass. Now the majority of biomass is farmed animals. So we're yeah. 7.8 billion humans killing 80 billion animals every year. And it's killing us. It's killing us with pandemics, with climate change, with poor health, with dietary racism, with, with all sorts of problems. It's true. The, uh, and I think the, the lack of education, especially when you go into poor socioeconomic areas, people are healthier, are less healthy, have less access to healthy foods, less health, access to health education, and you can see the impact there as well. So I think there's, there's really a lot that needs to be done And let me tell you there. something. The minority communities are starting to rise up right now. Uh, yep. John Lewis uh, is doing a, a documentary called They're Trying to Kill Us. In other words, uh, it's absolutely um, exploitation to give people one option, eat fast food or don't eat at all. And yep. uh, then they get, they get diabetes and cancer and obesity, and then, oh, you've got to make money treating that too. So um, when the minority communities wake up to that, uh, then it's going to empower them because you take that money back and the entire animal agriculture industry would collapse. I agree with that. I think something, I think as, as I think we go both ways as, as a species, as, as humans do. You know, we have, um, we, we in, invent things, we create things. We're, I mean, we can do so many wonderful things and so many terrible things. And I think if uh, America would do what we do in Australia, in Australia we call lobbying bribery and you go to jail for it. Um, I mm-hmm. think if that were to happen here, that would might be a better step in that direction because if you can't lobby, you can't bribe, as they say, you know, as we call it in Australia. They're never um, going to get rid of lib. They're never going to get rid of lobbying. I'm involved with a vegan oh. environmental uh, lobbying group, and the first thing they'll tell you is that there's a constitutional right to petition your government, and and that lobbying falls under that. And unfortunately, lobbying will never go away. That's why I'm working right now to get vegan lobbyists in the halls of Capitol. I think that's an excellent idea, by the way. Um, So we are going to go to break in a couple of minutes. I had someone write in to the show, and I thought this was interesting. We were talking uh, for a moment about uh, the new administration in, and they said, with what's going on in the world today, it looks like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. There's the white rider conquest, the red rider war, the black rider famine, and the pale rider death, all released by the orange stable boy. So I thought that was really funny. (laughs) I just had to add that. Um, oh god I was like that's yep that's definitely it Um, so we're going to go to break when we come back I'm trying to I've got guys on Twitter calm down I will ask her questions I've got like 30 different questions for you one of them was can I get thinner with veganism of course you can Uh, when we come back we're going to be talking with Peter Matthews he spent 30 years as a college and university professor he's a full time political uh, political science professor at Cypress College He's an adjunct professor of sociology in Long Beach. He's taught U.S. governments and politics. He's written books. He's bloody brilliant. We're going to be talking about politics and how to move forward and how to get some of these ideas going because I think with the new administration, if we, you know, I, I, we'll be able to get COVID under control because common sense. Um, we should be able to hopefully, we've got a Democratic Senate, Democratic Congress, and a Democrat in the White House. If we can't get things done, we're idiots. Um, I'm Summer Halloween. We are on with my special guest co-host, Jane Velez Mitchell. 
And I'm going to put up a link to the guy that just asked, Jane Unchained, in just, in just a minute. And we'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my special guest co-host, Jane Velez Mitchell and our guest for today, uh, Professor Peter Matthews. Professor Matthews, welcome to the show. Uh, you were listening Thank in, you. I think, with here. Jane and I. Um, Professor Matthews is the author of Dollar Democracy on Steroids with Liberty and Justice for Some How to Reclaim the Middle Class Dream for All. Now, I know we just spoke and you said you wanted to talk a little bit about lobbying. Yes, I heard you talk about lobbying in the first half. and. Uh I understand where Jane's coming from, but there is a way to weaken some of the lobbying that's not good lobbying. I mean, her lobbying would be great. I mean, we need more her lobbying vegans is great, yeah. and people, animal rights to do it. Yeah, yeah, your lobbying is great, but there's also special interest lobbying that hurts, hurts the country, right, from big oil companies and things. So what we're saying is in, in the state of Maine and Arizona, they have what's called uh, voluntary public financing of elections, where if you run as a clean money candidate... You can actually sign up that way, and then you have to raise $5 from 65 voters in your district, and you turn the $300 over to the, the Maine Election Commission in the state of Maine, and they make you a clean money candidate. Then what the government does, they write you a check to run your campaign for several thousand dollars to reach several thousand voters, and all you have to do is concentrate on talking to voters, on getting your ideas out there, and having bean suppers and pizza parties with people, and really getting to know the voters and what they stand, what they want, you know, rather than being kowtowing the special interests that buy you off with their campaign contributions. And 80% of Maine elected officials at the beginning of this thing back in 1998 
80% of the people elected were clean money candidates. Today it's about 70%. So it actually works quite well hmm. and frees the candidates from the clutches of the special interest groups. I like that. Great idea. Yeah. That's a really, really good we idea. We want to try that in California. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. We- yeah. Uh, So one of the questions I I had in for Jane, and I wanted to ask this, uh, someone wrote in, with uh, switching to veganism, you're saying it would uh, impact the environment. How big an impact do you think it would make? We could immediately begin to reverse climate change and take the temperatures back to where they were about 200 years ago and thereby avoid an ecological apocalypse. Because one of the points that Dr. Rao makes with his new white paper that states that Uh, animal agriculture is the leading cause of climate change, is that you have to consider the lost opportunity of all the land that has been turned into cattle grazing land or that is being used to grow crops to feed farm animals. Again, it's not really higher math. We're 7.8 billion humans, and we're eating 80 billion animals every year who eat almost continuously. They're kept in confined spaces so they don't move around. And (laughs) my dog is very upset by that. Uh, But um, they're pretty much uh, concentrated animal feeding operations, CAFOs. And, in fact, uh, Senator um, Cory Booker has proposed a bill to eliminate CAFOs. Unfortunately, he says by, I think, 2035 or or some number very far in in the future. But uh, at least he's opening the door to that. These concentrated animal feeding operations, these animals... You know, if you move around, you burn calories. So they don't, they just want to fatten them up to slaughter them. So they keep them confined and they eat all day. And they're eating a a good percentage of the food that the world produces. For example, 75% or more of all soy that is produced in the United States goes to farm animals. It's not being fed by people and eaten by people. So just considering that people are beating their chests about food insecurity and world hunger, if we took all the food, the grains, the corn, the soy that we're currently feeding 80 billion farm animals and redirected it to humans, we could really put a dent in world hunger, even eliminate world hunger. So um, it's, it's a similar situation with climate change. I mean, climate change is a crisis, but if we just scream and yell about fossil fuels and we don't look at animal agriculture, we will not be able to achieve the kind of changes we need to achieve to avoid ecological apocalypse. I mean, there's so many aspects to this. I'm not uh, a scientist, but I've interviewed many scientists. Uh, Perhaps uh, Peter might uh, weigh in on the climate bomb that's coming, the carbon bomb, because uh, when the polar ice caps melt, it's going to release a huge amount of carbon. And so we, we, yeah, we really get, we'll get to a point of no return very quickly if we don't put the brakes on our warming planet. And the best way to put the brakes would be to stop animal agriculture, reforest all the areas that are being used, or a good portion of them, for uh, cattle grazing land and for growing crops to feed farm animals, transition to a plant-based economy, and then feed the smaller amount of food that we're creating to all the humans, which we could easily do. We could, we could live in a world of natural abundance. What creates scarcity? Meat and dairy industry, because it's the most inefficient food source. So that's how people are making a profit. So if we did that and we reforested all the grazing lands and then those trees started absorbing carbon, we could we could start lowering the temperature. Now, what you, uh, Professor Matthews, your thoughts? Yeah. yeah, my thoughts are absolutely, Susan, Jane is correct. And if 
we would do that, uh, you know, move away from uh, animal agriculture. We also have to reduce carbon emissions through the greenhouse gases coming out of automobiles and trucks. That's also a source. But animal agriculture creates tremendous amount of pollution in our river, our water supplies, our rivers, because all of these antibiotics coming out of these animals and tell horrible things that are really, really bad for human beings. The waste, the, the animal manure is sometimes right there on the farms and it breaks, the tanks break, goes right into our water supply and pollutes us and pollutes all the fish and other uh, animals in the, in the water area. So this is a, b- a big thing. I'm with Jane all the way to reduce the consumption of meat and certainly also increase the consumption of vegetables for our nutrition, which a lot of people in America don't eat enough of, and then also reduce these uh, auto- horrible air-polluting automobiles, go to electric cars, electric trains, those kinds of things as well. well and my book talks a lot about that, by the way. It, it does. I've been reading Yes. Um, how do you think something like that could be done? You have so many people that are stuck in, I have the right to eat meat, I have the right to my gas guzzle, I have, I have the right to this. How do you change? Well, let's start with the meat. Let's start with the, the beef and the, the meat supplies and this, this uh, feedlots and the horrible factory farming that is just inhumane to the animals and it's totally bad for human beings as well. We start with cutting back on the subsidies that our federally funded government, the corporate funded yeah. federal government, uh, uh, has, and therefore they give such big subsidies to these big agribusinesses. They write them checks for hundreds of thousands of dollars to pay for their insurance, mm-hmm. to promote their products around the world, and that's what the government should cut back on their subsidies for corporate agriculture, animal agriculture, and then move it to organic farmers. Let's move that money, the subsidies to organic small family farmers and mostly vegetarian farmers and other kinds of grain farmers, which are so, so much healthier for our medical system as well. Our healthcare system is impacted by that. So we get the government involved by getting the, the support to the right people and away from the wrong people in, in agriculture and other things. And the same thing with automobiles. You know, stop subsidizing the big gas-guzzling cars. And, you know, Trump reduced the, uh, the, the mileage, the cafe standards, which, which Obama had increased to get us better, less burning of fossil fuels. You know, I drive an electric car, you know, my Tesla, and it's amazing how wonderful and beautiful that car is. Very fast, it's gorgeous looking, but it also doesn't pollute. And I know that it's far less polluting no matter if you add up what it costs to build a Tesla and how, what energy is used there. You add that up with all the lifetime of a Tesla being using electricity only, and it's still less polluting than an automobile that's produced for gas with a gas engine. So that has to be done. The government is on the wrong side because of special interest and wealthy campaign contributors on the wrong side, in my view. But, Peter, if I may say, the, the administration seems all gung-ho on being anti-fossil fuels, but yet when it comes to... Uh, encouraging people to go plant-based uh, or providing healthy plant-based meals, it seems that that is the ultimate, you know, no-no for a politician. I mean, you even saw the Democratic candidates having steak fries, and they're having their steak fries and talking about climate change. And, you know, um, uh, President Biden, and believe me, I'm thrilled that he got elected, Believe you me, but when he <laughs> yeah. uh, nominated Vilsack, Vilsack, Mr. Meat oh, Dairy Lord. himself, yes. to be the, yes. um, hel- you know, the, the um, United States Department of Agriculture uh, head honcho, I thought, go. oh, my God. You know, it's, yeah, it's, that's the, it's the same that's, as it ever that's was. From the, exactly, in that sense it is. And we, the people, have to get up there. What you're doing, Jane, is tremendous. You're educating the whole public about this. We all have to go on radio, on television, and talk about this, and just door-to-door, and talk next door to our friends when we talk to them in the grocery line about how it's much better for their own bodies and for also the planet to reduce meat and this, this terrible corporate agriculture, which is 
polluting. It's not organic in any way. And you're right. We, that's, we have to just get out there and be verbal and vocal about it. You had a show, a regular show. Maybe you still do, Jane, about this, and, and it's really important that we do. That's all we can do. We have our power as our voice. Our voice is our power. We've got to make I, that I heard, think, and that's what you're doing right now. I, I think one of the bigger problems, though, comes from the cost. If you look at people in poor socioeconomic areas, a lot of the time this isn't an option for them. And that's, that's something right. that needs to um, be changed. I'd like to challenge that a little bit. Um, okay. I think that the meat and dairy industry has created this whole narrative that veganism is only for the elites. And you have to live yes. in Brooklyn or in Venice, California to be a vegan. And the truth is, you want to save money, you could take a sack of brown rice and a sack of bat black beans and you could live mm-hmm. for two months. And it's oh, a I, heck of a right. lot cheaper. A heck of a lot cheaper, and the idea that you can't get brown rice anywhere, I, I, you know, I think that that people are told, you know, you're victims, you're victims, there's nothing you can do, and that's why I think it's wonderful. Uh, We work with an organization called Vegans for Black Lives Matter that has been giving vegan food to the Black Lives Matter movement here in L.A. I think that's fantastic. That's so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. That's what can be Uh, done, absolutely. Yeah. Once, well, once the, the, the minority community, for example, the African-American community, realizes that they've been sold a bill of goods and that actually if they look at their true, true heritage, whether it's Ethiopian food or other foods that are African-based or primarily plant-based. In fact, here in L.A., there's a great little yeah. Ethiopia that has incredible vegan restaurants. So the point is that um, they love to tell these stories. You know, these, they create these yeah. narratives. Oh, you know, uh, it's only for it's, rich uh, people. It's a bunch of, it's a bunch of well, propaganda I, just to control well, people. And we, we have two vegan restaurants I, down the street from my house in Long Beach, and one is a Middle Eastern restaurant, and one is a Mexican and California cuisine restaurant. It's really amazing the, the variety of food you can get that's vegan, that's so healthy and very tasty. And my parents are from India, so I know about vegetarian food and also vegan food in the culture itself. I was 10 years old when I came to the United States with my parents, and we still have that Indian tradition of eating vegetarian food when we can. And I think I would rather move further and more. And <laughs> hearing Jane right here on the radio show has got me really fired up to move more toward vegan, vegetarian, perhaps vegan itself. More I so. agree. Well, Peter, I, I would like to invite you to, to work with Dr. Rao, who is the, he's my hero. He's uh, Indian from India. And oh, yeah. he is, I would he, love to. he worked with, yeah, he worked with Al Gore. And then he split with Al Gore because uh-huh. Al Gore wouldn't talk about animal agriculture. And he started something called Climate uh, Healers, and he's the one who wrote the white paper. That, and he will debate anyone. And the thing is, nobody takes him up on. I would love to him meet him. I would yeah, love to meet I'm him. I'm going to because it's a very important yeah. work. It's a very important work what you're doing and what he's doing. Obviously, I would love to. I think so. I think well, when I uh, so what I mean is when we look at areas, especially uh, I, I foster children and. A lot of the children I take in have never had vegetables. They've never had any of Mm -hmm. it. They lived in areas where the only access to food was a corner store if they were fed at all. Um, There is also a vacuous lack of education on how to eat, which is adding to the obesity crisis as well. So I think one crisis seems to be feeding another. We We have a lack of education. We have a lack of health care with a lack of health care and a lack of health education. People don't know what to eat or where or what to do. And they think they're being healthy by eating a power bar. I mean, Snickers mm. puts out, you know, what they call health bars. Um, <laughs> so I, 
I think if we can educate people a little better, it would make a very, very big difference. And I agree with you. It is a lot cheaper to get a sack of brown rice and a, ba and a bag of beans. But if you're consistently told um, that it's not, then the shops in your area are not going to supply them because you're not asking for them because you already believe it's more expensive. And it seems to be a disinformation campaign that's been kind of dumped on people. Yes. It is. Absolutely. And it's a form of oppression. And we need <clears throat> I agree. We need more people in the, in the elected office as well who support this. I mean, perhaps our whole the movement for veganism and for saving the planet should actually try to get people elected who won't take money from the uh, Texas Cattlemen Association or whatever they are and all of these special interest groups and will actually promote these ideas in the right way for the country and the world. I think we need to, get, we need to work through electoral politics and the lobbying, the positive positive uh, public interest lobbying that you're talking about. I would agree with now, you. I'd I, like to help. I'd certainly introduce me. Yeah, I'd be happy to help. Um, Oprah oh, actually wonderful. still, she's still mad at the Texas cattlemen after she got in trouble for the whole mad cow yeah. disease thing. She the actually still, thing, yes, yep, she still donates money to candidates that run against them. So if you're ever running against mm -hmm. them, she donates money to anyone running against them. Cause I'm guessing I love <laughs> Oprah, but my God, she can hold a grudge. I well, bet. she has but, a right to. But what why did she go what vegan? We're doing. I have well, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she said, yes. that's how I went vegan, by the way. I was a local news anchor working at KCAL TV in L.A., uh, which was mm -hmm. set on the Paramount Studios a lot. And this guy yep. walked in to do an interview, and his name was Howard Lyman. He was famous for 15 minutes as the mad cowboy who went on Oprah. And he's a fourth-generation cattle rancher who got very ill. And when he was going into surgery, he made a pact with God. He said, God, if you get me out of this, I'll reveal the horrors of my industry, because he was very guilt-stricken about the terrible things that they did to the animals. He got out. He wrote a book, Mad Cowboy. He went on Oprah. He said you know, all the terrible things that they do. And she said, that just stopped me cold from eating another burger. And that's when the Cattlemen's uh, Association sued her. She had to move her show down yes. to Texas for a while. I think Dr. Yeah. Phil got involved as the trial consultant. Yeah. He, and that's how he, he, he did. Yeah. He did. He was counseling yeah. her, and he was helping with the trial. <laughs> Yeah, so I was yes. just, I interviewed him as an anchor, uh, Kate Cal, and then afterwards he and his publicist walked up to my cubicle and they said, hey, we hear you're a vegetarian. And I said, yes. And they said, do you eat dairy? And I kind of hung my head because uh, he had just explained that, you know, they repeatedly forcibly impregnate, that's called rape, cows mm -hmm. into existence, mm -hmm. and they steal their babies, and then they murder the whole lot. So it's really part and parcel of the meat industry. And I looked down shamefully and I said, yes, I still eat dairy. And, and they both pointed their finger right at my nose and they said, liquid meat. And at that moment, I went oh, vegan. And that was yeah. about 26 <laughs> years ago. No, sorry, like about 24 uh, years ago. Yep. 24 years ago. <laughs> now, I have a question just on Twitter from both of you. What do you guys think about the current administration? The new you want to go first, Peter? You uh, sure, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Um, well, I do believe that they've we had we needed the change. We needed them instead of Trump. Obviously, everyone would agree with that. Oh, but of course, beyond yeah. that, I think I think Biden. <laughs> understatement of the year, right? But Biden needs to go further than that. He needs to be a lot more progressive. And and I think the American people are for prog progressive ideas. For example, eighty percent of Americans support universal single payer health care. Uh, Seventy five percent support tuition free college. And I'm sure many of them would also change, uh, want to support healthier eating for children. Look at the lunches our kids eat in, in elementary school. They're awful, the kind of food that they eat. And that has to be changed. So Biden could actually bring these issues up, 
He could also, and the thing is, his natural inclination has been in politics for a long time. He's taken the money from various interest groups, but now it's a time of crisis. I think he, along with Ms. Senator or Vice President Kamala Harris, have mm-hmm. a new approach now that they can, we can push them in that direction, and they're starting to do that. So I think a lot more progressive change that most of the American people want that can make the country much better, reduce the income gap between rich and poor, come in with health care for everyone. And, and, and frankly, there's so much more to do. Uh, racial inequity, ethnic inequity, women, gender, yeah. gender inequity, where women are making a fraction of the amount of money. Those things have to be focused on by the Biden administration. And they really have to get out there and get that out up in front. Of course, you're right now you're stuck with the, the COVID crisis being the most important crisis right now we have to overcome. But soon he has to go in and, and address the other issues as well. That's what I would say. He's doing a pretty good job for this moment in time with the stimulus checks and bringing in more food aid to people without food. Right now, it's food stamps. Those things are so important. We're in the sinking ship right now. We have to be able to plug the holes, at least temporarily, to get the shore and rebuild it. So that has to be done. I think we have to help Biden and, 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 and uh, Vice President Harris do that. All. And I'm, frankly, you know, something has gotten buried in this whole thing. The first woman in American history to become vice president, and here we have her. And she's a woman of yeah. color. I mean, it's incredible. You know, African-American, Indian-American. We're all so proud of her. And we should, that kind of got buried because of what happened with this whole thing with Trump and the insurrection or the incitement and then the Georgia elections. But we should really focus on that, that women in America have been for too long second-class citizens and we're fighting very hard to change that. Now, that's, that's one close to my heart. I'm very into uh, women's rights and... Children's that's that's where I usually lean, and that really excited me, seeing that, and I think that's yeah. a really big deal. And and, and by um, way, my I'm daughter, excited. my daughter, you, you know something, Helene and and uh, Jane, I forgot to tell you, my daughter is exactly the same ethnicity. My wife is African American, and I'm Indian American. It's just reversed in terms of the gender. You know, my, the father was African American, mm-hmm. and mom was Indian. <laughs> we're the opposite here. But think, imagine yes. my my daughter can have a, a role model to look at and say. This is what I can become. This is what we can do for America in our own way as a, a little girl of color. I like that. I wonder. So I think that's a, wonderful. Very inspiring so wonderful. to me. Um, very inspiring to Jane, me and our whole family as well. Um, Jane, what do you think? I know we're getting to the end of the show and I want to get them to your social media yeah. guys and everything. Well, and so obviously, yes. We, you know, it, what was happening was morally reprehensible. Uh, for all these people who finally woke up, uh, you know, he started his campaign by coming down the escalator and saying Mexicans are rapists right there. And that Jesus, yeah. qualified him. And so, yeah. good riddance. Uh, unfortunately, I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about him. I'd rather never mention the name again, but um, I Wait, do feel that we need to have an impeachment trial. But That's on the 8th, the Biden administration, Yes, yes. Um, I think they're bringing efficiency. I was already able. I waited until midnight last night and get to signed up for my vaccine. I'm going to be going to Dodger Stadium on Wednesday to do the vaccine. God willing, it'll be there. Nice. Um, so already, within two days of him being elected, I felt like, okay, something's happened. Mm-hmm. I was able to sign up. Um, and uh, so I applaud the efficiency. I applaud the good-heartedness. I applaud the diversity. But it has to be more. It has to be Think rethinking the climate change issue. Look, what's going to bring us all together uh, and going to make race and ethnicity and religion and gender and sexual orientation irrelevant is when it's too hot for humans to survive on the planet. And that's not that far away. It's not that far away. And so, again... If we keep just bellowing about fossil fuels, look, I go to these climate strike rallies all the time, and all these kids, fossil fuels, you ask them, what's a fossil fuel? They don't even know. 
The reason why really? the powers that be don't care if you scream, yeah, they don't know. Fossil fuels. But the reason why they're terrified of us talking about animal agriculture and meat and dairy is kids know what a burger is. Kids know what a chicken wing is. And if you tell them that that is not only morally reprehensible, but it's going to, it's going to take climate change to a, a point of no return, that's when that industry is going to collapse. Our entire culture is based upon the killing of animals. Okay? It's, it's really the heart and soul, the toxic heart and soul of our money system. That's why they fight so hard to keep it. And so um, mm-hmm. that is really what they need to challenge. Oh, they can stop pipelines and they can join the Paris uh, Climate Change Accords and they can uh, support electric vehicles. But why can't they stop subsidizing factory farm, farming of animals and give money Absolutely. to the growth of uh, mm-hmm. organic fruits and vegetables? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't take brain. It's not a, a it, it, these people who can understand the nuances of the Mueller investigation and they're all the best and the brightest, which, by the way, was a sarcastic title. Look what the best and the brightest of thought course. of the, the <laughs> Vietnam War. Uh, they can't, yeah. they can't uh, do the basic <clears throat> math that, hey, it's, it's the eating of fast food and junk food, which is primarily meat and dairy based, that is creating so many of the problems. The obesity, the, the health problems, heart disease uh, up until COVID, which is a zoonotic illness, which jumped from animals to humans, the biggest killer in America was heart mm-hmm. disease which comes from arteries to your heart getting clogged with plaque. Plaque comes from cholesterol. There's no cholesterol in plants. Only animals produce mm-hmm. cholesterol. So the point is that all of our problems boil down to this. You know, Michelle Obama tried, okay? Yes. She tried with her, her uh, veggie garden. They, they, they shut, shut her, her down. Up. They turned, they made yeah, her they turn did. it to let's move. Yep. They don't care mm-hmm. about she was exercise as long as they eat that. Yeah, so... It really requires a revolution. That's why I was very disheartened when he nominated uh, Vilsack. I can see that, yeah. Yes, so was I, by the way. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We're disappointing. I think we, we once we to... get past the COVID crisis, we need to kind of put our uh, collective minds towards changing things and putting our foot up people's butts. Um, Jane, can you tell everyone yeah. where to find you on social media? And I am going to put up links to that. I have like 50 people on Twitter bombarding me. I will put up links. Jane, where can everyone yeah, find you? Sure. <laughs> you can go to com. janeunchained.com because we all need to get unchained, the animals and the people. We need to unchain our minds. So janeunchained.com. You can also go on Amazon Prime, watch my documentary about Dr. Silas Rao, um, which is called Countdown to Year Zero. He is the uh, brilliant uh, systems analyst who is creating a vegan world by 2026. He's using the same methodology that they use to accelerate Internet speeds. And um, I hope all of you get involved. You can go to Climate Healers. But uh, go to Jane Unchained. Go to Countdown to Your Zero on Amazon Prime. And then for some fun vegan cooking, go to New Day, New Chef on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a really fun vegan cooking show. Perfect. Fantastic. And uh, Professor Matthews, where can they find you? Yes, they can find me on com, and Matthews is spelled with one T, M-A-T-H-E-W-S. epetermatthews.com is my website. And, of course, I've got a Twitter account, the Twitter handle, at Peter, E. Peter Matthews. And you can find me I, on YouTube as well, Peter Matthews 11, Peter Matthews 11. So I'm going to put up links to both of you, and I misspelled your name. Um, so I'm going to fix that. I'm going to ask. Uh, guys, thank you very, very much for joining us. Check out Professor Matthews. Of course, follow Jane right. Mitchell. Wanna, guys, f- check them out. Follow them. 
learn something, have some fun, listen in. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Summer Helene. We'll see you next week on Behind the Scenes. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.